and welcome to episode number 138 of the Savvy Social Podcast. I'm Drea, and this show is brought to you by Fan Booster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself for free by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, I'm really excited because this month in the Savvy Social School, we're talking all about maintaining momentum with a lot of the strategies that you built. And today's guest on the podcast is going to talk about how you can bring your values, your own personal values and your business's values to the forefront when it comes to developing your social media content strategy. Now, we have Erica Corday on the show today, who is absolutely fantastic. She's dedicated her life to expanding how others interact with the world through powerful conversations. She's an entrepreneur, she's a certified coach, and her work is focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion, shorthand called DEI. So this work has taken her into communities on national stages. You've seen her at Alt Summit, She Podcast Live, Being Boss, and she also owns a beauty salon as well as is a host of the Pause on Play podcast, which covers a lot of these topics about company culture and visibility and mindset. So Erica, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me, Dre. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. So I want to kind of go back a little bit and give us a bit of a framework to this work that you do with DEI. Um, How did you get started in this space? I have been in the beauty industry for over 20 years, and I noticed at some point that I was supporting people and figuring out life choices. Hair was not just, oh, I'm doing your hair and you look pretty. It really was an extension of who they were and how they chose to show that. And being able to talk clients through conversations like how to step into wearing your natural hair when you are in a a government job and you're worried about people looking at you differently or undermining your position because they look at you and they're like, I don't understand. I can't process this. And what does it feel like to begin to just acknowledge and absorb and accept who you are as you are? And in doing that, I began to realize that the lifelong skill that I'd had of listening and talking through things and really being able to get people to recognize things that they already knew, that this was coaching before I even knew what coaching was. And so I learned more about it, took my certification course and realized along the way that DEI was an entire way that I moved through life. It was the lens through which I looked at everything, not just one thing. And so it absolutely frames how I approach being a coach because at the end of the day, I'm a coach and I take care of the whole human. But DEI gives you a lens to just completely look at the world differently. Yes. And I love that this is like what you're living, you're living it. It wasn't just like Mm -hmm. a decision that you had to change how you were. You were just putting a title basically on what you were already doing. Yes. So for those uh, business owners who are starting to explore these concepts and starting to make sure that, you know, their own personal value system or the values of their company are aligned, what are some of the questions they should ask themselves to make sure that they are being inclusive in both their marketing and in their business? That's a great question. And this is, you know, part of what we go through when we do our from implicit to explicit workshop through pause on the play, because we get people to first stop and figure out 
what are your values as a human? What are the things that matter to you? What do you support? What are you against? And being able to understand what those are for you personally helps you to then figure out how does that inform how you move through life as an entrepreneur and a business owner. Because when you begin to figure out what your business's values are, you are going to notice that they're informed by your personal values, but there may be some differences. Like we've had clients who travel and adventure really matters to them. And that may not show up directly in their business, but what happens is it's a part of how they show who they are when people are connecting with them and having that reason to choose this individual versus another to actually work with. And so being able to understand you as a person, who you are, what matters to you, what it is that you support, what it is that you're against, and being able to answer similar questions for your business and really digging deeper and getting more into the psychographics of things versus just the demographics of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think for a lot of business owners, this does bring up the question of, okay, so once we've established our own personal value system and the values of our company, where's the line in sharing those things online? Um, there has been this, especially in 2020, and it, even as we go into this year, uh, a lot of brands are kind of towing the line between what do we say, how do we show our value system without seeming like we're just talking, you know, without seeming like we're just posting something on social media for the, for the sake of posting it. So um, what are some of the things they should consider as they're going through, you know, they've understand their values and then how do they share them on social in a way that's like authentic and not just I'm posting this because I saw everybody post something. <laughs> yes. Yes. And again, this is part of, to me, when we think about values, I'm not a proponent of them simply being words or phrases that are just kind of flat. They have to be anchored in action. And so if you can turn them into verbs, you can show how you demonstrate if diversity matters to you, how if equity matters to you, how that shows up. People a lot of times will go into things like, oh, it's honesty or things like that. And it's like, well, let's dig a little deeper. Is that what it is? And sometimes you'll get transparency. Sometimes you'll get um, things like communication. And so if that is what it is, how do you communicate with your audience? How do you want them to communicate with you? How is everyone being heard and represented and understood? And when you have a grasp on that, it's a lot simpler to be able to then have that integrate into everything that you do so that it's not about, oh, this thing happened. And like last year, we had the black square that everyone posted. You can then go back to your values and say, why am I posting this? How does this link to the way that everything else I do in this business is run? Does this apply? And if not, should I still be doing this? I think there's always a place to break the rules but you have to understand why. And before you can do that, you do have to create your rules. Mm, yes. So creating your own internal rules for how you approach certain situations so that, you know, if like at the time of recording this last week, you know, people attacked the U.S. Capitol building, what do we do and say? We could just go to our rule book and go, okay, this is how we handle national crises that seem to be happening a lot these days. <laughs> right. And I think it lays out, it, it really does bring up, is this something that shows up in your content 
on a regular basis? Or is this just coming up when specific moments are coming up? And so if you are doing this consistently and it is a part of your values and your framework for operating as a whole, making sure that everyone on your team is a part of that, then when things come up, then you don't have to worry about, are people going to feel like this is performative? Are they going to worry that this is just a surface action? Because at this point they can say, well, they've been saying the same thing. So this is consistent and that's going to build your reputation and that reminds people that they can trust you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And for those of you listening, I just want to share a great example of this with one of my clients, Kara uh, Lowenthal with, from the Unfuck Your Brain brand. Um, she did this whole series about turning panic into peace that we've had to bring back several times this year as part of our marketing. But um, from the it's a core value system that she has in her brand. So when things happen, we just go, we have resources for this situation. We have a response for this situation because it's a, it's a foundational piece to how she uh, markets herself and just how she runs her business. And so um, that's a great example of that. If you guys want to check that out, I'll put the link in the description of this podcast episode. So I want to talk a little bit about how this shows up in your business, um, because I do think that as a leader, oftentimes all eyes are on us. Um, and I'm sure you've got great examples of this. So talk to me a little bit about how you weave your own values into the content that you create on Instagram, for instance. So one of the cornerstones of everything I do is imperfect allyship. And when I was in the middle of really doing um, a lot of weddings in my with my salon, and we did a lot on site, Um, And at that point, I was still doing physically a lot of them. And I noticed, and this was before marriage equality was becoming as much of a conversation as it did, let alone being um, becoming legal. And I had clients that just were like, I want to be able to get married and enjoy this process just like anyone else. And I really stepped into this place of like, this is what we do. We absolutely want these couples to come here and know that they are safe. And if this doesn't work for you, I literally said kick rocks, please don't like, just don't even waste your time. And for us, that was, that was a basis of what we did. And so when I stepped into the coaching, that is a part of where my allyship shows up and I'm not always perfect at it, but I understand as you know, a woman that is married to a white man and has biracial children, I understand what it looks like for people to feel like your love isn't valid because it doesn't fit their ideal of what it should be. And so for me, that's where my allyship shows up. And I understand what it is to feel like there's never a place of doing enough and I'm never going to do it perfectly, but I'm not going to not do it. And so I really remind clients that if you say that you are in support of causes and, and groups and things being changed, going through equity in order to reach equality, you have to simply do it. You're not going to always get it right. It's not going to always be perfect, but you have to be willing to try. And so in doing that, you're putting yourself in a position to be willing to not be ideal and yet know that you are going to make amends if you mess up. You're going to learn better. You're going to continue. And so when things happen, you have to remind yourself that this is not about me making a statement or doing something perfectly. This is about me saying that this is important and I have to be in action with that. 
And so reminding people that I am imperfect as well. Last week when the insurgency on the Capitol happened, I went in and did a live and it was very much like, I don't know what to say. I can't come in here and give you the actions like I really love to do, but I'm going to tell you where I am to remind you that I am human and that you are human as well. And it's okay to tap into that. And that all was happening at the same time of on our end, like things getting paused, things having to stop and understanding that this is not business as usual. And so that's a part of kind of letting people know, like, you don't have to be perfect, but you have to figure out what it is to be human in the midst of inhumane moments. Yes. We're all humans in this crazy experience of life. Mm -hmm. Um, I like this idea of imperfect allyship because I do think that, especially on social media, there's this concept of everyone being perfectly polished because obviously we're sharing our perfect moments. And even those moments that are deemed imperfect, we're still putting a filter on it or writing a caption and adding emojis and all of that. Um, so what are what are some of the things that we can work on as we're doing this imperfect allyship? And, and one of the things that does come to mind is this idea of tokenism. A lot of people have been talking about this um, in the influencer space and in the content creator space, how to use, you know, different stock photos or even how to use celebrities, photos and GIFs. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about how we can continue to move forward imperfectly, but keep in mind that we are this kind of um, uh, evolving process so that we can learn something and our imperfect action will look different the next time? Absolutely. So I think part of the imperfection is being able to first decide, okay, what is my goal? What do I hope that this looks like? Because if you know for a fact that you're coming at this and you're wanting to center people that are experts in their field and they just happen to be diverse, part of that comes with widening your network, taking in content from different people, listening to different voices. As you notice that kind of evolving, you're able to let people take the stage that are good at what they do that don't all look, live, or love the way that you do. And so you're able to now show your audience that you want to do this, not just because you want to bring diversity because, oh, this person is black. So now I have to bring them in. Or this person is identifies as LGBTQIA+. I'm going to bring them in. No, you're bringing them in because they're good at what they do. And they happen to intersect with this additional identity. And that allows you to then begin to have different conversations. You can shift what your visuals look like because now it's not coming from a place of, I had to go find a photo because I don't have anybody that I actually know or actually work with that looks this way. You're able to begin to see what it looks like to have events that are more inclusive and diverse. And you're able to see this melange of people showing up and you can demonstrate that. You're able to shift what everything looks like because it's coming from an authentic place and it doesn't have to tokenize someone when they come in and you lead with, this person is amazing. Not, I knew that when I met this woman of color, I had to bring her in. That is leading with an, a societal indicator. That is not centering them for being awesome. And you have to think from, again, a human place. If you wouldn't want to receive that, then you don't want to give that. You have to begin to take yourself out of your own bubble, see what it is that you don't know, reconsider what you've decided is normal, and just begin to branch out. 
These things will happen organically. There's no set formula to figure out how to diversify those that are around you and those you're speaking to and those you're working with. It comes with time. It comes with effort. It comes with listening. And it comes with just being open and honest and allowing people to be who they are. Mm. This brings up a question about even in a broader sense outside of marketing, um, like who we're trying to speak to as business owners on social media. So even like taking a step back and looking at that core idea of our ideal client avatar, how do we make sure that that person is also like it's everyone's included or it there's a diverse kind of group of people that we're going after instead of this picture in our head that may not be as inclusive as we originally thought. We talk about that in pause on to play the community because of the fact that it can be really easy to just assume that those that want or need what it is that you offer are going to find you. But if you are not putting yourself out there in different places and having conversations with different people, then that doesn't happen. And so even if you decide that this is the person that you want to sell to, this is who you want to be included. And I think one of the common misconceptions is people assume, you know, my avatar includes everyone, which I tend to believe that if you try to sell to everyone, you're selling to no one because that's a really broad, you know, swath and that's too much. So I think that, again, you want to be able to figure out the psychographics of what makes them who they are, and you're able to then attract people based on what makes them tick. You're able to attract them based on what propels them, what fuels them, what matters to them, and you're able to see diversity show up in that way. Because if your ideal client avatar is simply based on, like I remember years ago, they were like, you know, it would end up being things like a white woman who's 25 to 38. She, she's a nurse. She reads red book. And that's a very small Frankensteining of a person that doesn't actually exist. And it doesn't give you any insight into what it is that matters to this person. And you'll find that when you begin to dig into what matters to them, you're going to get a diverse type of person because no one person looks one way and believes one thing. That's a huge piece of it to me. And I think that that changes who you now can reach, who's willing to listen, and who wants to participate. Mm, yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I definitely see how a lot of this foundational work is so important before going into kind of creating this social media content and how that value system that you create for your business definitely drives your the content itself. Um, all right, before we wrap up, I do want to get some of your thoughts on like headed into the rest of this year. What are some of the things that business owners should consider as they are marketing their business using things like Facebook ads, Instagram, even TikTok now, um, and, and places like Clubhouse? What are some of the things that they should consider as they're creating this content that is driven by values? I hate the word authenticity because it's so overused, but it is an accurate word. <laughs> I feel like there is this place where people are oversaturated with the highly curated, perfected images that almost feel unreachable. 
And it can cause a lot of people to feel like I'm not, I can't do this because I don't look that way. I'm not doing that thing. And so I think that being able to show up more of who and how you are showing some of what I think is kind of like the process. Some people may consider it the messy middle and taking a little bit of the perfect rose colored glasses lens off of it and allowing people to see like, this is what this actually is. This is how this can be done differently. Yes. Those things that you feel that you think nobody else feels with you. I do too. I said it, I promise you, it's not just you. That to me creates an environment for a different type of connection. It allows people to be more human. It allows them to have real moments and to not feel othered because they had them. I think it allows you to connect with people in a very different way. And it allows for those innate parts of us that we don't always feel like have the right to see the light of day being able to come out. And so by modeling that, I think you're setting a very different tone and you have an opportunity to make a very different impact. Oh, beautifully said, beautifully said. And I know that you do have some guidance for this with your checklist. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So my Imperfect Allies checklist, which you can find on the homepage of ericacorday.com, gives you some things to consider when it comes to what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Gets you kind of into the motivation. And the beauty of it is, is that you can think about it with things that you are creating. You can think about it if you're participating in other people's things. And I have a podcast episode where I actually go into some ways that you can use it because to me, it's really important to create content, whether it's free or paid, that people can use in more than just one way. So it's not like, oh, this is this and you check the blocks and you're done. Nope. This serves more than one purpose. And I think it's important to be able to look at things and to sometimes take them outside of the box and see how does this fit what I need now? Yes, absolutely. And I'll put the link to that checklist in the show notes. Definitely download it, check it out. No matter where you are on this journey, you'll find some amazing nuggets of information in there. Um, Erica, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been fantastic. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I love having this conversation with you. So thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you so much. And uh, join us next week for episode number 139 of the podcast. As always, subscribe because we are committed to helping you understand how to use social media as a tool to grow your business so that you can build community and make your difference in the world. I'll see you next week. Bye for now.